Hello friends, I'm your host Chris Thrill, I'm a former Royal Marines Commando, I've adventured for better and sometimes worse across 80 countries on all 7 continents. Welcome to the Bought the T-Shirt Podcast. Sean, how are you mate? Uh... I've been less fatigued in my life, if I'm honest. So it's uh yeah, it's been two weeks now and I'm I'm uh, I'm struggling. Yeah, I didn't think I'd struggle. Uh I've I've sort of I've done long stuff before, you know. In fact the hundred and five is only the third longest thing I've done, but this one was relentless and um no rest days. Even one rest day in the middle or two rest days would have changed everything but that, you just don't have that luxury on this so yeah I'm, I'm i'm dead do you think if you'd had a rest day you might not have wanted to get back out there again no I'd, I'd have definitely wanted to get back out yeah i mean my head my head was always good mostly i had a little wobble in the middle but no i would have yeah i when i'm sort of looking at my body and how it was re- reacting to the strain and the load you know every sign said have a rest day you know but it's just can't not allowed. It's not you know you got to you got seventeen hours to do each full iron and and it's day after day. You, I mean that's the whole point of it, really, the consecutive thing. As soon as you have rest day, is this you're not doing the record? So yeah, I didn't even think about it. As in, you know, I didn't let it get to me the fact that I was performing not as well as I was hoping, but you know, I still did okay times in the end, and and I, was, I can sort of be happy with that. I, I was I got a bit slower, so I was slow the first month. The second month I was a bit quicker, and then the third month I got slow again. And um, yeah, that was strangely difficult to deal with in my head because I had, you know, I was always hustling for time. The first month I was slow, and then the second month I was quick, and then the third month I went slow again, and that was annoying because. I sort of lost the hustle for time and that was kind of exciting, you know, getting quicker. So from from day two onwards, I was, you know, there was a couple of slower days and longer days, but generally I was getting a little bit quicker. Um, but then when I picked up the hip injury around day 60 something, uh, then my time sort of plateaued and went down a bit. So that was difficult to deal with in my head because I was sort of hoping I'd got over all the, the injury risks, but um yeah, I picked up this hip hip issue and yeah, just it was very painful for from day 60, I think four or five. I don't remember exactly, but running on the hip, yeah, was just excruciating. So yeah, I mean, everyone, it, it would have been, well, I mean, I thought maybe, obviously I couldn't take a rest, but I thought, you know, how long would it take to heal, you know, if, if I had the injury and I've been off now, what, ooh, 16 days? And I still have the hip issue, so <laughs> rest would didn't even fix it. So you know that's that sounds like a bursitis. It's just it's what it is uh, is uh, just mis- like some muscles aren't activating. So my my right glute's not activating. My lower right back is tight because I have a much stronger pull on my right hand side because I dislocated this shoulder doing the cheese rolling um in 2009 so you know it's it all sort of started with probably my over strong right pull stroke with an over rotation um because of this left arm is rubbish so there's a lot of issues but i think it probably started in the swim mm-hmm. and then on the bike i was possibly 
I actually got some saddle sores on my right-hand side. So I think all I did is I tilted my hip at the wrong angle. You know, it only had to be tilted a millimeter. Um, and then that probably disengaged a couple of muscles, probably the glute. And then when I went into the run, it just sort of got worse. So I actually had to do quite a lot of rehab during it. <laughs> you know, halfway through the at every feed station on the bike, I'm there doing the Superman pose and glute bridges <laughs> and all this sort of thing, <laughs> you know, from day 60. And, you know, just, but I had to do it, you know, because I couldn't, I couldn't really, it wasn't super sustainable carrying on with that injury i could do it but i was just losing an hour's sleep and that eventually would have caught up with me do you breathe to the same side when you swim yeah and that's another thing so i picked up really bad habits when i swam the length of britain so i in my training i was sort of a, a bilateral breather but when i swam britain all my all the waves were coming in from my left so i couldn't breathe to my left so I just was like, well, I'll just breathe to my right because then the waves will go through me um, and I wasn't drinking a wave. And then on top of that, I started to get a lot of chafe on my wetsuit because I was swimming for, you know, five hours a session twice a day with the tide. So in order to combat the chafe, I developed this just terrible role where I almost don't move my neck. So I've got this technique where I'm right hand I'm right arm dominant because of the left cheese rolling shoulder. I'm over rotating to stop the neck chafe and I'm only breathing to the one side. So, and I've, it's just to try and get that muscle memory to change from swimming 900 miles up the length of Britain. Yeah, it was hard. You know, it was very hard to, to change, to change that. And, and, and it's on my to-do list now to go and actually see a proper swim coach to try and stop my, just those bad habits because when i when i actively think about it i'm actually not bad at swimming you know I, mm. I can do i'm not fast 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 but i'm not terrible but i just forget and i get tired and fatigue sets in and then you know muscle memory just defaults to the old swim style from the sea swimming days you know sure we for our friends at home we should just outline all that you <laughs> or some of what you've achieved in case they've in in the rare case they might not have met you um but it is sort of a bit of a unique club the old ultra the old ultra sport but um i first became aware of you when you ran the length of the uk i think when i was preparing to do it probably i think i remember th you throwing yourself in a stream on what I'm guessing was the West Highland way. Um, um, on the run, I've thrown myself in quite a few streams, but um, that was, no, that was between coming into Drum the Drochet that you can cross over. So we, uh, sort of, I ran across the North Coast first towards Betty Hill because I didn't want to do the A9 and A99. Uh, it, was only, okay. it was only 50 miles further. I think for the whole length of Britain to go across to Betty Hill and then run through the middle and you eventually come in at, at is it Dingwall? I think but yeah, before okay. that there's another town before Dingwall where there's a big marshy area and there's a little, um, a little old shepherd's hut type thing uh, in the middle. And I'd actually stayed there before because I attempted John O'Goats to Land's End the year before and got injured. 
Mm-hmm. And um, so I knew of this place. So I, I ran over and on the way there, I was sort of like, right, I'm going to go and get have my little ice bath in a Scottish stream. <laughs> and uh, that's a funny story, actually. So I, Discovery Channel, when I did the reattempt, they said, oh, do you mind if we send camera crew? I said, you can send what you like, but it's, you know, I'm not changing how I'm doing it for the sake of Telluland. And they were like, yeah, 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 okay. And I was a bit nervous to start off with hope, you know, thinking they might sort of, you know, poke the monkey and try and get me to do stuff I wouldn't do. But like, they didn't actually. They were amazing. They just, there was fly on the wall. They gave me a GoPro half the time. So half of it's self shot anyway. Um, so I, the scene, I'm like, oh, I'm going for an ice bath now. And they're like, oh, we need to get the cameras ready. I'm like, I'll oh, hurry up because I'm blooming cold already. <laughs> so I get in the ice bath and they film it in the river, in the stream. I get naked. Anyway, when it comes to airing it, about two days before, they said, oh, Sean, do you, you mind just coming and watching it? Because we need to fact check. You may have said some stuff that, you know, in your fatigue state is slightly wrong, you know, like dates and things and whatever. Um, so I'm watching it and there's this bit where I get naked in the stream and there's no blur on me. It's like full nudity. I'm like, you got, you got to put a blur on there, right? And they're like, no, no, no. We feel it's like r- really raw and honest. <laughs> I'm like... Um, just by the way, I think I've probably been to like 20 schools and probably told about 5,000 kids to tune in and watch this program, by the way, because it was sort of dubbed as a family-friendly thing. And they're like, oh, but it's post-watershed. I'm like, no one cares. People just put it on record. And they were like, a day later, they emailed me. They're like, yeah, you're probably right. We'll probably do a blur. And then they blimmin' did the smallest blur in the world. I was like, what? <laughs> At least give me a big blur. <laughs> so anyway, that's that story. Yes. Yes. So uh, picking up on on your list of achievements. So I came in then. Then, of course, you cycled the length of the UK. Then you swam it, which was just um, beyond belief, thus being the first triathlon of Great Britain, folks. And incidentally, Sean's um, Sean's running thing is looking very much like Forrest Gump. Which uh, I think think uh, goes down very well with the public, um, and then I saw you getting all your bike together to cycle around the world in the fastest time. Yeah, and, that was one of the first things I did, actually. Yeah, yeah, okay. And you've run across Iceland, wonderful place, Iceland. I I didn't run across it, but I drove a, a vintage Swedish volvo army truck from sweden to uh to iceland did and did all the sightseeing bit that was that was great great fun eating the is it the sheep's brains and the and the fermented shark which both were both were (laughs) both were delicious the world's longest triathlon which was the triathlon around britain so i've done land's end john o'groats um uh swim cycle run and then i've also done a continuous lap of Britain in triathlon form, which at the time became the world's longest continuous triathlon. Uh, And then I've got the across Europe cycling record as well, unsupported, which I will have for a while because half of that was in Ukraine and Russia. So that's off the cards now for anyone for a while, which is a shame really, because I sort of have no interest in keeping records forever. Um, uh, National parks, marathons, Kilimanjaro, um, I don't know. I'd have to go and check my own website now. <laughs> All the things I've sort of forgotten half of them. I think. And going back to your most recent um, endeavor and success, which folks, as, as you just gathered, was finished two weeks ago. 
Um, this came off the back of the 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 chap nicknamed Cowboy. Is that is that right? He did. Yeah, yeah Iron Cowboy James Lawrence. Yeah. And what was his thing? He did. Was so it... he, yeah. So he's sort of been Mister Multi Day Full Irons for for I want to say about ten years now, but it might not be that long. But he he was one of the first people really outside of organized deckers and double deckers, and there was a triple decker in Italy. Um, James was the first person to sort of do it on his own and go bigger than that. So he originally got the record for the most official sanctioned Ironmans in a year, I believe. I think it was 30 or something. It was very impressive. So, you know, it's flying all over. That's one every 10 days, pretty much, mm. um, which is pretty, impre- pretty impressive. Then he went on to do 50 uh, full irons in 50 states in 50 days. Which for, was and he was inspired by Dean Carnazes, who did a marathon in fifty days in fifty states. And and James was like, "Well, I reckon I could do a full iron, which has a marathon in it anyway." Um, and that that was very impressive. Um, I remember watching that and going, "Whoa, that's phenomenal!" And I th- I thought of doing a hundred back in twenty eighteen, um, because it was the fourth type of endurance record you can get you get world's first world's furthest or longest world's fastest and then the most you know the most of something and that the, the most was the one i don't have i was the first person to swim the length of britain i had the world's longest triathlon and i'm the fastest person to cycle across europe unsupported uh i actually was the fastest in total time and then a, a guy did it fully supported after me but yeah, so I was missing that one. So I, I thought of doing 12018 uh, when I lived in the Lake District, and I I even came up with a route, which in hindsight would have been terrible, but I came up with it anyway. Uh, swimming in Coniston, cycling down towards Barrow and Ulverston, and then doing two up and downs down the quiet side of the lake, which again, all none of them would have been good enough for the actual record now that I know what I know. Um, but then other stuff came up. I got married, I had kids, COVID, and all these sort of things just stopped me even really thinking about it. And then, yeah, last year, I just sort of it came back to me in, you know, one one day I was like, oh, I wonder if I should revisit that 100, knowing full well that James Lawrence had already done the 101 now. So he did the 50 and then he broke his own record by doing the 101. And, you know, I thought, oh, well, I wonder as of just, you know, could I do it? And I, I, I in my head, like the ego in me was like, yeah, of course I can do it. <laughs> but then practically, you know, you need a lot. It's body and mind. You know, you can't just scrape by with a super strong mind and, and no physical ability. And, and the other way around, you can't be the fittest person on the world and, you know, have a weak mind. So, and I think James even says that. And, and I believe, and I totally 100% agree with him. It's 100% mind and 100% body. I was probably 80% body ready at the start. There's a couple of things I wish I'd done in the lead up to doing the 105. Uh, and if I did it again, which I'm not, <laughs> I'd do a couple of things different to get a bit fitter. You know, What are they, Sean? Because everyone, I bet everyone's starting to know. Yeah, so in my training, I uh, I did three, three of every discipline a week. So three swims, three bikes, three runs, totaling about 15 to 20 hours. 
And I think that gave me a good base. Uh, and I worked on my speed a lot. I, I needed to be quicker. Uh, I was good at the endurance stuff, but my pace was a little bit down. I needed to get two hours quicker, really, over the whole thing. So I needed to shave like 10 to 15 minutes off my swim, probably an hour off my bike and about 45 minutes off my run uh, to get enough sleep each night. Um, but the one thing I wish I had done is I wish probably ooh, two months out, maybe six weeks out, I wish I'd done a week-long bike packing. So I just jumped on my bike with a tent and a or bivy and a sleeping bag and just cycled for a week, morning till night, like 6 a.m. to 10 o'clock, go to bed, like what, like I did doing all my bike races and records. Then I wish I'd taken maybe a week off and then done the exact same thing running and just done a, a long run, uh, fast packing, you know, West Highland Way. Oh, that's too short, really. But just anyway, just leave my house and run for a week. Then I wish I'd taken two weeks off or three weeks off and then done five full irons in a row and i probably would have done that a month out i think because and i did think about it i nearly did it and then i chose not to because what if i got injured during the five but now i'm thinking well actually if i got injured on the five i probably would have got injured on the 105 so it would have been a good tester to see whether I was prepared. And I picked up some niggles in the first week, which I, I you know, I could have worked on had I known those if they had come up. I could have worked on those little strengthening exercises or you know, and I think I think actually the bit the white the, the week long bike leg bike ride and the week long run would have strengthened up a couple of the weaknesses I had which caused me issues in, in the first ten days. So um that's what I would do different. So if anyone's up for breaking my record, that's what I suggest you should do. Uh, because you, and, and also, if you plan an early enough start date, so mine was was April, which gave me, I worked out that I, up until day 25, and I picked up, if I picked up a little niggle that made me miss the cutoffs each day, I could probably still recover and still reattempt this season, this year, because I could probably go through till October. But yeah. It was, um, yeah, it made that first 10 days hell. I mean, it was, it was always going to be hell. But, yeah, there's hell in fatigue and that. And then there's hell in picking up a knee injury that really I've never had before. You know, I've got a knee injury on the bike. I never get knee injury. I've, I've done 100, you know, not quite. Where am I? I've done 80,000 miles on mm. the bike in the last 10 years. I've never had a knee issue on the bike ever. I get it on the run, but I got it on the bike this time. And I'm like, wow, that never happens. What's going on here? Yeah, I mean, people say you can't train for it. And they sort of, it's sort of true you can't train for it. But there's also an element where you, you can make yourself a little bit better prepared than I was to just make that first week more manageable. And if once you're on the front of the wave with sleep and recovery and your times, then it becomes more sustainable. Whereas I was just lucky I was able to claw out the back of the wave and get on the front of the wave again because you know the worry is you get so slow that you don't get enough sleep so the next day you're just as slow or even a minute slower and then it's you're on a downhill spiral and then eventually you can just yeah. never catch up the time, you know? you're in sort of deficit then aren't you yeah uh, do you take any painkillers sean so i try to avoid them as much as possible 
um, because when I have done sort of, especially ibuprofen, which I def- definitely try and avoid, I did have it a couple of times um, on the run, and it did exactly what it does always to me. It gives me a terrible technique because all of a sudden I'm I don't feel the pain I should feel, and I start slapping the floor. Uh, and I wake up with really bruised feet because I often run a bit harder because I don't feel the pain as much. Mm. And yeah, I buy myself 15 minutes potentially and a, and a, a pain, a, you know, not as painful run. But then I wake up the next day so fatigued. My legs are so fatigued because I've just had a terrible technique. I've been, I, I'm, I've got a good technique mostly, but my the one thing I do do is I often, I just flat foot it and just slap the front of my feet and they get really bruised. I never heel strike. I sort of have this weird little slap thing. And you can even hear it when I run, like other people running next to me will hear me like, Bleh. so yeah, I tried to avoid it as much as possible. But when I started getting the hip thing um, at around day 60, I would have uh, one thing of ibuprofen halfway through the run. Um, but I, again, it just, you know, it was a bit of like, oh, well, what do I do? Do I suffer through the run? and avoid uh, another injury or do I just take the edge off it and hope that I'm not slap, you know, slapping the feet. But um, yeah, that was, that was sort of the only time I, I had to take it. Um, but ideally I, I just don't want to take it. You, cause this especially with ibuprofen, cause you can actually feel it, it can get rid of the pain that can get worse, which will lead to long, long-term injury. So it's mm. definitely not recommended, and I def and I never went anywhere near the daily, your daily um, limit. I sort of stayed at a quarter of what I could have taken in the day, um, but no, it was um, yeah, I had to a little bit, but not as not as much. You had a lot of support, obviously. I know lots of people love to get involved, or some people love to get involved, don't they, in these these events? How was that? Did it ever work to your to the negative where you're just thinking, oh, just fuck off, mate. Um, this, this, what, what I'll tell you why is there were two cut when I ran the length of the country. First of all, I ran Scotland pretty much on, on my own. Yeah. Um, with the exception of, uh, a, a former regimental sergeant major friend of mine was kind enough to come up and run for a day with me, but the rest of it, I was on my own. I was in my mindset, in my groove. It was great. And then once people started to join me, it either went one or two ways. Either they did every single thing I asked of them and would have bent over back, or they kept trying to lead me. And I found it really, I'm not going to swear here, folks, but really annoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like grabbing my arm to cross the road. And I'm like, look, you know, we've got yeah. to Cornwall. I've run 950. 970 miles. Um, I'm, I'm fine, please. <laughs> uh, good, yeah. Yeah, how was no, it? Yeah, it was. A, it, you know what? I, I was nervous, um, as you say, for all those exact reasons. And sometimes you just don't want to speak to anyone. But I sort of went in into it with the mindset of, right, you people have you. I'm inviting people, so it would be rude for me to then be an idiot and just you know, because people travelled a long way to come and join me, and uh, and I I actually really loved it. I I, surpri- I I was surprised because I am inherently a loner, um, but I, I I did like it. I mean, I, I'm not always the chattiest person, 
and I sort of, you know, if, if this may be a couple of people who thought I was rude on a day where I was a, a bit grumpy, especially when I was trying to focus on my technique on the run so well that it didn't cause any any more more injury you know just thinking about my cadence thinking about how my feet are land landing which part of my which part of my foot am i landing on i was starting to land on the outside of my right foot because of the the hip thing and then that was leading to other stuff um and i'm just so in the zone and i'm a bit of a terrier where i just get the blinkers on and and red mist and I, all i can see is the finish line um and if someone's you know asking me questions about things i can often just give one word answers and and i I apologize now for that but i i'm just i have no brain space for anything else you know i I didn't i didn't do any social media during this whole 105 days i I mean i checked my instagram messages like maybe five times just to see if there's anyone i knew there who, who needed a proper reply to um and i i would write my own uh updates every day and i just gave them to justin to upload for me so i really was super hyper focused and but yeah uh, what did annoy me uh two things sort of annoyed me i I guess is if someone had a terrible running technique (laughs) so if they were like scraping their feet or like slapping them or something and they were like right over my shoulder that would annoy me or if they were just real heavy breathers (laughs) <laughs> and I was running slow. I was doing five and a half hour marathons, but sometimes people would come for a lap and I'd run on my shoulder and just be like, <laughs> and I'm like, geez, guy, you know, are you, are you dying? Please do you get a call an ambulance. Um, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't annoy me enough to sort of do anything. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I, the community side of it, which is one of my 10, there's 10 pillars of endurance, which is planning, uh, experience, health, food, water, sleep, muscle management, motivation, uh, community, and steroids. Yeah, no, what's the other one? Planning, experience, fitness. Yeah, planning, experience, fitness, health, food, water, sleep, muscle management, motivation, and community. And the community one um, was the biggest surprise to me just the number of people who came and joined me on the bike and on the on the run you know some people came on the bike joined me like 35 times you know doing 100 miles a session you know and I was I couldn't the imposter syndrome part of me was like why are people doing this but then Mm. I sort of worked out that people were managing to clock big miles in the week by you know without having to plan because we would on average do about a six hour 100 miler a little bit quicker five and a half hours for 100 miles and uh you know if you want to do that with on any other day you've got to arrange with your mates to all you know come together and pick a route and blah 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 whereas every, everyone anyone knew they could just jump on my you know on my course you know when i was there and we we're guaranteed to 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 do a fast ride on like a tuesday which you'd never normally get to do so it like this real community came around and then even on the run Caroline, my wife, she came every Sunday and she did half marathons for the first half and then full marathons every Sunday for the last eight. Then there was Tuesday's Nicola who came every every Tuesday. That's what we call it, Tuesday's Nicola. Um, she landed up doing, oh, I think 15 marathons with me in the end because she did a few. I think she did the, the last week she did a marathon a day. So she did seven marathons in seven days with me. Um, so, yeah, it was it was amazing. Matt, uh, Matt, Matt Pritchard joined you. 
Matt, yeah. So he, I, so because he had the half, the the half iron record back in twenty fifteen, maybe, and I joined him for a full day w- when he did that, and he's come and joined me a few times when I ran John O'Groats Land's End. I landed up having this crazy lock in until five. Yeah, in the I, 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 that was on telly, wasn't it? I saw that. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and then won my triathlon around Britain. We actually went to the same pub. Uh, they had a different landlord, so we didn't get a lock in the second time, annoyingly. And um, yeah, so he's and he's doing a three hundred mile running race. Yes, uh, on the eighth of September here in Lambert. So I'm going to go there and offer my support. He was um, he was on the show yesterday, and uh, I, I I love Matt. I've been following him for years, and uh, he I said to him, I'd, I'd come up and support you for this brutal three hundred miler. Yeah. Um, but me and some buddies, we're going to do a 24 hour race. We're going to run around a reservoir for 24 hours and see what mileage we, we did it uh, the other week up in uh, Eltham. And uh, my friend Ricky clocked up 110 miles in 24 hours. And we, we yeah. were all we were all his crew in between getting loads of sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to do that up on Dartmoor. And it's I said, Matt, it's the day that it's that weekend that you're running. He said, all right. Let's call each other. <laughs> and that made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was umming and ahhing about doing the triple that weekend, which there's so there's a triple, continuous triple as well. But um, they've got quite good, well, strict crewing rules. Your crew has to follow you on the bike course at night, and then your crew has to run up and down Snowden with you. And I, I just couldn't find anyone quick enough for, for then. Um, and also, I probably just, still fatigued so i think be too much load on me i reckon what sean what's your resting pulse rate i don't know i've not i should measure it really i should i should i might wear my watch tonight really um it was quite high during during the 105 because i was in fatigue state uh, especially if i didn't eat enough or drink enough so it was probably in the I want to say the late fifties. Um, the first week, though, my sleeping, my average sleeping heart rate was eighty nine uh, in the first week. Just you know, it's that classic Mike Tyson phrase, which is everyone has a plan until I punch him in the face. Bloody you know? hell! Yeah. So my my resting was ninety in that first week. Um, my a, a, a normal resting for me is probably late thirties, early forties. It's probably around yeah early forties now, I guess. I, I I haven't measured it. Yeah, okay. Because mine's sort of they told me the hospital is abnormally low. Yeah, <laughs> especially yeah, when some I, people. Especially yeah. when I did the jogger, it's thirty eight, and they put me in the intensive care place because they thought I was going to die. Oh really? Um, and then they said, "Are you you're not an extreme athlete by any chance?" I said, "Well, not really, but I have just run the length of the country." They're like, "Oh." That will do it. So it, it's about 44 now. So with this race coming up in September, this 24-hour race, um, be nice to sort of get it, I don't know, maybe down to 42 or something. Yeah, I, I sort of I haven't – I've not measured it much. Um, I did everything on heart rate for this, though. I kept my bike heart rate to around 110 average, sort of including stops and, and you know – I had, you know, I had seventy-five junctions on my bike course, which where I could have come to a, a zero stop. Um, I often didn't, but it was—I definitely went down to like five miles an hour. 
and uh but i sort of kept my heart rate below 120 uh for both the bike and the run the swim my heart rate was a bit higher but bike and run i kept it pretty low so i did 90 hours a week of of zone one training pretty much maybe pushing into zone two a little bit so it'll be interesting to see what you know how that's affected my my ftp how it's affected my run pace so I'm, I'm going for a bike ride tomorrow with some of the boys who join me regularly and i might i've not run yet my hip is still giving me issues but i might see what a run does for me on the weekend but um mm. yeah it was weird not you know I, my, my heart rate didn't go above 120 for three months really and sean you must be fairly fortunate to live where you live um because where i live yes there is a swimming pool i think opens at six in the morning and yes you can get in there and start doing lengths uh, i'm not sure if they called in you off a, i'm sure they would if, if you spoke to them nicely um but then you'd get on the bike if you took your bike there and it's five miles from where i live well it's four miles it's in the city center then you get on the bike and any which way you go is either a very steep uphill or a steep downhill. Not surprisingly followed by yeah. <laughs> it's dark, it's Dartmoor. So did, yeah. um, where you live, did you manage to find a, a flat route that and get on the bike right after the swim? Yeah, I did. And, and for me, it was important to do a continuous joining the dots as if it was an Ironman. Um, I didn't want to have a transition where I drove somewhere. A, because you lose time. You know, I, I didn't want it. My, my my T1 and T2 were pretty quick. You know, on a good day, my T1 was 11 minutes, 10 minutes, 11 minutes. Mm. And my T2 was sort of 15 minutes on a good day. Um, so I didn't want to lose another 15 minutes driving somewhere. I did lose quite a lot of time driving home. So basically, I live in up in the hills um where the pool is so there was a uh, a little down to the flat area of 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 where i live and which goes into a bit of england so it was mostly wales with a little bit into england uh and it was there's a tiny area that's flat each side of it is mountains which is why i had this this silly little course which i did three so i went there was about 20k down to the course 50k laps and then 50 i can't do the math 15k back or whatever um and yeah to get enough you know distance in to get the 180k in within this little area did mean i had all these turns and lefts and rights and back on myself and forward and around that loop this way and then around the other loop that way so it was all a bit confusing which is why i had all these these junctions which slowed me down i yeah i was probably at least half an hour slower uh maybe 40 minutes slower just because i the longest stretch i had where i could keep a good 22 23 mile an hour was five miles probably not even that really uh no it was about five miles mm -hmm. and uh yeah but so yeah i i sort of i was lucky enough that it, it was nearby but it would have been nice to I remember looking at James Lawrence's course and he just had like 50 miles dead straight road type thing. Not quite, but I mean, it was perfectly flat and 
I had similar elevation. I think I had a hundred meters more, hundred and maybe two hundred meters more than him, which you know, it's only a two meters per per mile more than him, really. So it was it was much of a muchness there. But definitely, I could have. I wish I'd had a a flatter, a far, a sort of a less a, a straighter route. Let's say you know, mm. came last in my first ever triathlon, which was it's one of my proudest moments. <laughs> <laughs> simply because <laughs> i taught myself to swim at 48 um yeah i say swim obviously did the marines test but i mean proper front crawl and and understanding what you're doing that i taught myself on youtube at 48 entered my first triathlon sometime after it was a the olympic size one so it was a mile swim come last out the sea Got on the bike. <laughs> Every had an old aluminium bike. Everyone had carbon fiber, so I was right at the yeah. back, and it was quite funny. My son was on the finish line, saying, "Where's my daddy? Why is everybody finished, but my daddy hasn't finished?" And th- <laughs> then they tried to kick me off the course, saying, "Sir, yeah. sir, would you retire now, please, so we can all go home?" <laughs> <laughs> So I said, right, in eight weeks' time, I'm going to do a quadruple Ironman. And um, not quite up to your level, Sean. It took me seven days with a a day traveling up to um, Nottingham for the the Sherwood Forest 100-mile ultra up there. So uh, six days altogether of of exercise, day off in the middle. Um, But I remember being on that bike, and I was getting on it at sort of half seven in the morning, and I was still cycling sort of at, by eight at night. I mean, I, I must be really bad at cycling. Um, <laughs> what just, distance were you doing in, in 14 hours? Well, I was – so basically I broke down – I can't I can't exactly remember what it was, but I, I swam 10 miles, started off in the Lido pool, so the outdoor saltwater pool, and – I hadn't figured the temperature change between midsummer and September was so significant. I was hypothermic within three miles. It was literally colder than, I mean, I was going down and then I had the brainwave switch to the indoor pool. (laughs) So, (laughs) so, um, so I hopped in the car, drove to the indoor pool was a couple of miles away and I finished off in there. Then I hopped on the bike, um, cycled out to Dartmoor, which was where my my dad lives, so I could use his home as a sort of base. And I remember whatever the additional bit is, I did it that night. And then I did a hundred miles a day for four days to, okay. to get the quadruple bit in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I know professionals would do a hundred miles in three and a half hours or something, wouldn't they? Yeah, uh, four. Uh, the real, yeah, four and a half probably is. But is four a and a, yeah, yeah, it was taking. That's super fast. Not many people do. I think if you if around five hours is is pretty quick, even to be fair. Yeah, I reckon it was taking me about eight. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's but, hilly you know, though, probably. Say again. It's yeah, it was. It, it was fairly hilly. Um, it was quite funny on the very almost the very last mile, probably the last two miles. I hit a thorn or something first puncture i had and all the gunk that you know the puncture gunk that you have in the tire it all started coming up like a fountain so i quickly shoved shoved my finger on it 
spun the re- wheel around a few times and it's resealed and uh yeah, yeah, it's yeah. quite funny that it 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 it, it literally happened about a mile from and i thought right that's it go home go <laughs> home get in the car and drive to sherwood forest and then i went the wrong way on the hundred so it ended up being a hundred and eight and that was um oh wow that was gr- that was grueling it was so hot it was so 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 hot but you know it's um like I say, I did eight weeks training. <laughs> yeah. so, um, family, uh, because you've got a little one. Two, two little ones. Two. Yeah, they're four, and, four and under two. Yeah. Yeah. How did they take it? So, firstly, Caroline, my amazing wife, I won the wife lottery with her. She's just incredible, really. Just, you know, she's self-employed. And she was dealing with these little two and they're not at school yet. So they're running around most of the time. Our eldest goes to school in the mornings. Um, but uh, yeah, pick them up at 1130 type thing. So yeah, she was amazing. The The youngest sort of didn't really know what was going on. You know, he's 20 months old. The oldest, because he was at school in the mornings, he I would send videos, which they would play in assembly. And he then knew that I was doing a challenge, he called it, like Daddy's on a challenge. And he knew it was important because they were playing the videos at assembly. So I wasn't, in his mind, just an absent father, which was nice. Um, But by the end, probably for the last three weeks, you know, every time I got home, he said, oh, Daddy, is your challenge finished now so you can play with me? And I was like, oh, that's heartbreaking, you know. So it was was tough, tough for Caroline. And the, the joke now is, I uh I did 105 irons. I'm now doing 105 days of ironing because I owe I owe her uh some uh some a lot of chores around the house because she was she was amazing. Sean, to finish off, what's the so are you going to get a Guinness another Guinness? How uh, how does that do they kind of you know not rock up on your doorstep with a certificate or or the yeah i mean i have to i have to fill out the application form and and send it off uh so i that's still in the process um the it's been verified by welsh triathlon already so it already is a, a world record um and it's all on strava and it's sort of the internet decides whether you've got it or not so they look you know go through all the data and I was very, you know, really um, on it with heart rate monitor and power and everything's there so that people can go and look. I put all my times up, all my splits on my website now, which is great. And I want to, I want to go through, we even kept a food log. So I'm going to try and get that into it's such a big spreadsheet. You know, I want to try and get it into a nice visual little table with, of all the food I ate each day with all the calorie count um so that's all going to happen soon it's a it's a long old process um you know trying to get all tick all the boxes and do all that sort of thing but uh what was your favorite food we can't we haven't got time to go into your whole diet but what what was your kind of go-to you go to <laughs> full fat cream <laughs> full fat cream yeah you get a tub of it this big and uh that's 1500 calories the slightly bigger tub is 3500 Um, you know, that just, I only lost three kgs during the whole thing. Um, and and I lost them a a kg a month. The last kg I could have done with not losing. 
I lost a lot of power and speed and muscle mass on that one. But the other two, I got, you know, I started, I also didn't start heavy because I didn't want to run heavy because then I, my risk of injury goes way up. So I started at 70 kgs, which I was happy with. I knew I could get down to 68 and have, and it'd be good weight for me, especially on the run, two kgs lighter. When I got down to 67, 66.8, I think was the, the lightest. Um, yeah, I could definitely feel, and that's probably in line with my times going down a little bit. So I'm pretty happy though that I, I, I was sort of, I expected to lose more, but hoped to lose less. And I, I the, the full fat cream was definitely a contributor to me just having those extra, I, I call them free calories because you eat everything that you should eat. And then, you know, at every feed station, I just quickly took a big gulp of the full fat cream and you mm-hmm. sort of don't even notice it. Everything else you've eaten, which is important, all your antioxidants and your carbs and your protein, and there's some fat in the food I was eating as well. Yeah, a lot of nuts, a lot of cheese, a lot of fruit, um, some veg, but not a lot of veg, which is something I wish I had eaten more of. But I sort of got into the system where it was sort of working and I was doing okay times. And once I had that in place, I was, oh, I don't want to mess with it now. I don't want to substitute this with something else and then mess it up and then, you know, but I think if I did it again, I would definitely try a, a more high vegetable diet. Um, and then 2000 calories of, of cream, potentially 3000 calories of free, free, you know, free calories and cream as well as that just kind of kept me, kept me in, in the good weight zone pretty much. Yes. So because it's quite easy to lose a lot of weight. You know, like Nick Butter who ran around Britain, he went from 70 kgs to 60, I think. And he's mm. taller than me. So, yeah, I was I was happy. And again, it was I'm very good at ticking all those 10 boxes. So those 10 pistons of endurance, you've got to tick every single boss every single day if you want to do good good mileage on a on a, an event like this where there's no averaging where you have to do the distance every single day. Because there's two types of these records. So there's the, I averaged a marathon a day record. And then there's, I did an actual marathon a day. And they're sort of two very th- different things. Because the average one, you could do, you know, 30 mile a day and then have a rest day once a week. Um, and that's sort of, that is obviously different to actually doing 26.2 every yeah, single day. Uh, so this one, there was none of that. If I was a mile short on the run, I couldn't make up that mile tomorrow. But it was game over. So you've really got to be on it. And I'm quite good at that. I'm quite good at micro analyzing everything I do. You know, if I have the tiniest little grain of sand in between my toes, I take my shoe off, take my sock off, clean between my toes. You know, I'll waste those three or four minutes and put it back on because I know that that'll lead to something else. It may not, but I do it. If I'm feeling, I can feel when I'm dehydrated, I get a bit tingly on my skin. No, to micromanage that and then just down loads of water, have a bit of extra salt uh, and just keep on top of that. So I'm constantly just thinking about everything. How are my body's feeling? You know, my pace, am I feeling good? And then, all right, if I'm going good today, I try and then, you know, analyze the last 48 hours and go, right, why am I good? Right, I had physio yesterday because I was getting physio once a week. I was getting physio every day for the first month and I chose to stop physio in favor of sleep 
and yeah, it was a game of course. As, as soon as I did that, oh, my times improved. I my I felt better in my head. My motivation improved. Everything was you know sleepover physio. I still needed physio. I definitely needed the physio at the beginning because there was a couple of tightnesses that happened, and if they if I left them unattended, they would have caused some tendonitis. I think. Uh, but once I was in my groove, the sleep fixed me absolutely. You know, it, it almost became number one priority over everything else. Just get eight hours, and and I was getting that by sort of day twenty something, maybe thirty. And then from then, it, 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 I suddenly then realized this was sustainable, and, and a lot of it was down to the fact I was getting the good sleep. Um, was and it nothing else mattered really? It's still quite something. You did the 102 and then obviously continued for another three days. That, that's, yeah. I, it was that just, was that hard to do or was it the other way around? It was just easier to keep going. Yeah. So I always knew I was going to do 103 um, because I, I wanted to see how my body and mind would cope doing one knowing I didn't have to do it. Because mm. not only was it past the record, I also didn't commit to doing it. Like, had I gone into this going, I'm going to do 150, then I still 103 would have been something I would have had to do. But because I told everyone I was only doing Iron 102, I even called it Iron 102, the 103 really was something that I definitely, definitely did not have to do at all. But I wanted to do it just to see if how I would cope. And I actually, I loved it. And then I I thought, well, I was feeling good enough that I was in a place where I knew I didn't, I knew I could carry on, definitely. I actually printed numbers up to 123 because I thought, well, that's the next cool number, one, two, three. And I went into it at the beginning with the mindset of, oh, yeah, the one or two is done. Like, that's a done deal. I mean, I'm actually even going to go up to 123 potentially. And for me, it was just manifesting this concept that, oh, it's already in the bag and I'm so confident I'm going to print numbers beyond. Um, and that was just a, a coping mechanism of of sort of, you know, there's no other option. I'm going to do it and I'm going to smash it. Um, it's just a psychological little hack. What, what, what do we think then to put a... There will come a day, won't there, when someone does one every day for a year? Yeah, there will be. Hundred percent, and I and I and I could be that person. I just couldn't do that to my my wife and kids. It wouldn't be fair. Yeah, um, and I already know how to do it. So you would do you do it in America, and you would have two locations. You'd have a summer location and a winter location, and you would find a town with a spider web of roads, and you would play the tailwind game. So every morning you'd wake up and you'd do the swim, and then you'd see which way the wind's going, and you just cycle with a tailwind. And then you'd run the marathon at the end and then you'd get in your RV and you'd go back and you'd do somewhere in the north for the summer and somewhere in the south for the winter. Um, and if no one does this in the next 15 years, I'm going to do it because I think I, my kids will be old enough and they won't mind if I'm away for a year. Not if I beat uh, you to it, mate. I'd love it. I really, I have sort of, I have zero. Okay. That's a lie. There's a bit of yin and yang, right? So I'm probably 90% excited for people to break my records but there's obviously the 10 percent ego hit that goes oh i'm not the best in the world anymore but genuinely it is genuinely 10 percent. i have no interest in holding this record forever i feel like i would have failed on inspiring someone to do it 
Um, so if anyone's keen, I'll tell you how to do it. Email me. I'm actually in the moment. I'm in the process of trying to find a, a woman to get the female record, which I think is 21. I think you would ha- need to do. I, I, I'm not sure. There could be. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping the record's higher than that, but I'm not sure. So if anyone's out there knows what the female full iron record is, I'm really excited about trying to help someone do that. And actually, Caroline, my wife, is registered interest because she's an amazing swimmer and she can run. Um, and she's a good she's good on the bike she's just not ridden in five years but once she picks up her pace a little bit she'll smash it as well so um yeah i would uh i think someone will do it the the difficulty is you've got to want it you've got to really want it you know when that alarm goes off at 4 29 a.m you can't have an ounce of you that goes oh I just i don't want to get up now and i never had it when my alarm went up it got went off at 4 29 it was a non-negotiable. Mm. Yeah, I put it in the uh, same category as brushing your teeth. Obviously, nothing on the level of what you've done, Sean. But I do remember when I when I did my juggle. Like everyone kept trying to talk. D- do you get this? People trying to talk you into stop, uh, and you're no. and you're like, can you just <laughs> please shut up? Oh, I had it quite. I had it quite a lot. But then again, I will be honest. When I was getting little, I only ha- well. Until I got a sh- really bad shin splint, I don't know if my leg was broken or whatever, but that really made it hard. But yeah. up until then, I was just stressing the niggles because it was for charity, because yeah. I was trying to raise awareness of veterans' mental health and the suicide problem the veterans' community's got. I was kind of like, ah, ah. Le- I was laying it on a bit, you can say. Um <laughs> And I think off the back of that, uh, a lot of people were like, go and get a hotel. And, and I'm like, no, no, no. It's ultra marathon a day to yeah. land's end. <laughs> and it, but in the end, I got a bit shirty when it was fellow fellow Marines were trying to talk me into stuff. And I'm like, dude, what are you saying? Well, did, did we join the same corps? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, um, yeah. But yes, Sean, listen, I I honestly could chat to you all night. The only thing I'm concerned about is... Um, people have got such short attention spans now, unlike your good self, that um, they like short podcasts. And uh, I wouldn't I'm the other way around. I, I'm like, if it's less than an hour, I don't bother because I feel like I'm just getting the headlines. I want, I want the nitty gritty, man. <laughs> yeah, I just don't want people to not watch this. If that makes sense, I'd rather you yeah. came back on the show and that we 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 do it. We you know we 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 go for round two. Um, happy to do that absolutely uh, yes i've just got three uh uh, quick fire questions (laughs) um what's the first i'm notoriously bad at doing quick fires as in Uh, it's okay my quick fire answer might be 20 minutes but yeah yeah i'm 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 in the same i'm in the same club um what was i going to say so Okay, and all your all your shenanigans. I'm particularly thinking of swimming in deep, bloody water. What what what's been the what was the most harrowing, alarming, scary moment? Yeah, um, there's a couple. One is when I swam the length of Britain when we were rounding Cape Wrath. The storm came out of nowhere. We went from like perfectly, almost glass water because we chose good weather we're like right there's good weather nothing's on the forecast there's a high pressure all looks good no wind happy days and then as soon as we got there this just these waves just came out of nowhere and all of a sudden we're like whoa what's going on and uh i was now 
So Cape Wrath is almost a perfect square corner. And uh, we were on the west side swimming north before I had to turn right to swim east. Now, that exact spot would have almost been impossible to get back to. To get back to it, we would have used some tide that I needed because the tide was going forward. We would have had to go onto the east coast, which meant to get back to that spot, we would have used the tide going the other way. And that would have pushed us too far. And then at slack water, it was hard. The boat wasn't sort of fast enough. And it was just complicated. And we all knew this. I couldn't stop swimming at that point. I had to get onto the north coast somewhere. So we, because I, I, we actually, I bailed, I got out the boat and we were like, what should we do? And I, we all sat there and go, well, I'm going to have to carry on swimming. And that was stupid because all of a sudden I jumped back in the water. The boat went ahead and then the boat was getting blown east way quicker than I was swimming. So what happened is the, and, and the waves are so big when the boat was in the trough of a, another wave, I couldn't even see the top of the mast. So it was big, huge rolling waves. I'm swimming east. They're getting blown east, then would turn around on the engine and hold position while I swam towards them. They would then see me turn around and get blown away and this happened for about an hour until we're on is it Durness? I can't remember the first loch there that you can get to on the north and then we cut in and found a, a boy and anchored up for two days just on this random mooring boy just getting buffeted around before it was safe to go further down and into the calm water so that was stressful that was sort of if that engine had broken on the on the yacht uh game over for me because I wouldn't have been able to swim to Durness uh, in the time before the tide changed. The tide would have changed before I got there. I would have then been pushed back towards Cape Wrath and I wouldn't have got to the next beach. So I potentially would have just landed in this body of water, six hours going one way, six hours going the other way. So And there's cliffs, so I couldn't have gone ashore. So that was pretty bad from a weather point of view. And then the other bad one was in South America, just getting, when I was cycling around the world during, in the Atacama Desert, there was this really dodgy guys following me for a couple of hours. And every time they got near me, it just happened that one truck would pass and then they would back off or overtake and then hide further on. And I'd come up to them and then they would pull off and they were definitely going to do something, probably just mug me and steal my bike. Uh, so I eventually found a little, the only bush I could find because it's just desert. And I managed to randomly get hold of someone in the Peruvian police force via the South African embassy. Um, and because uh, I'm a South African citizen as well, I've, I've got four passports. <laughs> and yeah, mm. so that one, they uh, I had a police escort for a couple of days uh, going into Lima. So that was where I feared for my life as well, but from a sort of different type of reason. I told you I'd Babylon. <laughs> no, it's fine. I've, I've I've got a few South America stories myself, but they're they're not very nice, so we'll give them a miss. Um, <laughs> right, greatest moment then. What's been your oh? There's the finish. Yes, or or, or are, yeah. are you a bit like me? For me, I'll be honest. It's normally a bit of an anticlimax. There's normally yeah. like something I could have done better that day, or that it's not whatever you know everyone thinks it's all great but you know yourself it damn i could have done but 
Yeah, no, I, I get exactly what you mean. I, I sort of have that where there's two things in my that's going on in my head. One is I go into everything believing wholeheartedly, and I genuinely believe it, that it's a done deal and I just have to turn up. It's not, but I have to believe that because then I do. If I go in thinking, oh, I might not do it, you're going in with the wrong attitude. So I have to believe it. So when I do eventually cross the finish line, I'm like, I knew I would do it. <laughs> so it is, as you say, a little bit of like, uh. and then again, you're right. I, I start going, oh, well, I wish I'd done this bit. I wish I'd done a bit quicker. If I'd done this, I could have been that bit quicker or faster and, and that sort of thing. But then on top of that, there's just this immense relief that I don't have to do it again. Except on this one, I actually was quite sad because I was feeling in a place where I could have continued uh, and you know, put some more light on the record. Why, why did you actually stop? Was it because of family? Yeah, I promised Caroline that you know I wouldn't be away and for too long. And once I got the record, I'd got the record. Uh, I actually stopped. So I did one or three because I wanted to. I then got the internet. I got Instagram to decide whether I should do one or four or not. And obviously, 71% of Instagram hates me because they said, definitely carry on. To do 105, I flipped a coin. So I was like, heads, I carry on. Tails, I quit. And it was heads, so I carried on to 105. And then I sort of decided, I was umming and ahhing whether I should get the internet to choose again. But I sort of felt the internet would just keep saying, keep going forever. So I didn't feel that that was fair. And I didn't want to quit because that would it felt like I was then pulling out and I didn't want to you know, I didn't want to pull out myself because I was feeling okay. I knew I, I really genuinely believed I could carry on doing it. Um, so I thought, right, well, I'm just going to let the coin decide. And when the coin tells me to stop, I'll stop. And as I said, I'd printed numbers up to 123. Uh, Caroline wasn't that keen on me going that far, but she said, if you need to get to 110 or 112 around there, then I'm cool with that. And I sort of said, well, let me let the coin decide. And then after 105, the coin said stop. And um, yeah, I filmed it. It's on Instagram. And actually, I just burst out crying because I was kind of sad, really. I was like, you know, it's hard to explain. Imagine having, I, it felt like I had a job that no one, else, no one else in the world has. And it's a really difficult job, but it's very rewarding. And the community and your work colleagues, so these are all the people that came and joined me, are amazing and inspiring. Would you give it up? You know, it's, yeah. no one else can get this job. You know, it's it's a unique once in a lifetime job and no one else on the planet has it. That was hard to give up, That the concept of that. If you don't mind me asking, how how do you fund it? it, it uh, yeah. How, like, your, your, your lifestyle? So a bit like any other sports person, man or woman, through sponsorship, uh for me book sales and then uh corporate speaking so i go into of course yeah go into offices and i've done you know google microsoft all the banks uh done a tedx talk and i love it i love that side of it i go and do a lot of talks at schools as well um is it hard to to talk because i i do a bit of speaking not probably as not as much as i'd like simply because the <laughs> no, not I'd like to do more because the money's pretty amazing. Um, it's quite, it's kind of weird to get paid two thousand pounds for talking for twenty minutes, but that's that's the way it is, isn't it? Um, what I was all I was going to say is, 
I sometimes wonder if a corporation would want me speaking because I'm all about sort of live your dreams and jobs don't really work very well for me. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, my mine's, that's not my message at all. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a, a sportsman. I have a job and I'm going to stay in my job and my analogy. And when I go and talk to people is find stuff that's difficult to do find a team around you that supports your idea and then work your ass off to make that idea happen. And you've got all these little boxes you've got to tick along the way and you've got to find a, a network of people and it's going to be difficult. And when things go bad, you know, you if I can overcome what happened to me, which no one else on the planet has ever done, then you can definitely do it in your own personal life. So that's the message I try because I'm definitely not a, I'm, I'm not a sort of quit your job and go and live your dream because if I just was aimlessly wandering around doing stuff without the records, I would I would struggle with that for me. I I sort of and it's an unpopular opinion because a lot of people say, oh, it's not about the destination, man. It's all about the journey. I'm like, sod that. For me, the journey is the destination. It's just blinkers on, you know. Usain Bolt doesn't stop and analyze the the track while he's running and smell the roses <laughs> you know he wants to get to that finish line right yeah and i i have the same mentality pretty much sean last thing then uh why i'm good at it you know it turns out i'm good at being miserable and cold and wet and hungry <laughs> and yeah it would be and, and the other thing is i have to chase something in life uh, I'm a monkey terrier. I, I, I'm a monkey a lot of the time, and I love being a monkey where I try new things, I break things, I fix things. Um, I'm very inquisitive. I never do the same thing twice. I never, I never go to the same restaurant twice. I never, like in every part of my life, I'm very like to try everything. I'm a yes man to the nth degree, really, to my own fault, really, because I often overcommit to everything. But I also need to chase things, and I found doing these long, physically demanding challenges that take a long, long time. On my website, I've actually recently listed the the length of time each thing took me. And really, if it's under 10 days, I sort of forget about it. It's really got to be two weeks, three weeks or more for me to really get my teeth into something. And I found that's the best way to scratch, to feed that terrier. And then once the terrier's full and, and content, then I'm happy for a while and I'm a better, I, I feel like I'm a better husband. I'm a better father because I've, I've not got that itch in me to chase something for a while. Mm. Um, and it also, as I said, it turns out I'm just quite good at it. So those are the reasons why really I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm better for it. It's my oxygen. I, I, I almost couldn't not do it. It would be harder for me not to do it in life than to do it. hundred percent. Yeah. All right, the qu- the question I get asked, and this always knocks me for sex, because I never like feel like I've achieved anything. I'm just, I think it's just a bit like yourself. I'm, I'm just living my life. But when people say to me, "What's next?" Yeah, and I always think, does there have to be a net? It, it, I hadn't really thought of it. Like, <laughs> yeah, but but no, I, I, I have lots of nexts. Uh, they're all top secret. Um, it won't be for a couple of years. Uh, I've, yeah, there's a couple of other big ideas that are in the pipeline. Um, I can't talk about any of them and I, I 
I, well, I can't do them in the next couple of years. I, that's not fair on my family because they will, they are longer. Uh, I'm not sure they'll be harder. I think, I think the 105 is the, is, is the top of my mountain. I think is my Everest for difficulty. Um, they might be more difficult in other ways, but not for pure physical and mental endurance. I think, I think this is the one that I'll probably sit in the old age home and tell my grandkids over and over again when I got Alzheimer's. I'm like, do you know once I did 105 full lines? And I'm like, shut up, Dad. The record's 500 now by that Kiwi guy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I have other stuff. And I have a lot of smaller stuff. You know, I, I'm really interested to see if I could do a, a solo, unsupported, nonstop swim of 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 um, Loch Ness, for example. That's 20 oh, wow. miles. So that would meet. So no touching land. And having no support boat. So I'd have to drag all my own nutrition and hydration in, in some sort of boat or something behind me and see if I could do a fully self-supported swim, which again is is, is not a thing. It's not a thing, but I'm going to try and make it a thing. Swim packing wasn't a thing until I did my a part of my triathlon around Britain. I did the 120 mile fully self-supported swim. Uh, so, Sean, just a- just to clarify, and, and I did see a bit of that because didn't you do it on a bamboo bike? I did the bike leg on a bamboo bike. Yeah, for, yeah. Are you, are you saying you've not only swum the length of Britain, but then you did you go back and swim it all again, or are no, you? So I divided when you divide the full lap of Britain into the same percentages as a triathlon, the the swim leg. So it was four thousand two hundred miles the complete route. And then the swim was 120 miles. So swim 120, bike 3,500, 820-odd run. And that gives you a lap of Britain in the same percentages because obviously you've got a much uh, shorter swim. Uh, I see. I see. Yeah. Right. I Yes, I get it now. I get and then it. that was fully self-supported, that. So mm. which is easy to understand with a bike and running. Uh, but with the swim, I had to drag a, this raft. Yeah, I saw me, that. Which had all my camping kit, food, water, casual clothes. Um, and it was great. I actually loved it. In fact, I'd love to do more. There's a company called, they call Ruck Raft, where they make this this flotation buoy, which is big enough to carry a rucksack. Mm. So you can do these swim runs, swim hikes even, uh, where you could you know, put all your camping kit in the rucksack and tie it on the raft and then swim across a lake. And then get out the other side and put everything, all your swim kit back into the rucksack and then hike up the mountain and that. And I'd like to do that. I'd like to do that on the Caledonian Canal, actually, because you're not allowed to swim the canal bits, uh, but you can swim the locks. So you start in Fort William, hike the canals, swim the lock, hike the canals, swim the lock. And then uh, I think, again, that would be quite a quite a fun thing. So I've got lots of other little little projects here and there. I'd like to get into a couple more, a bit like, what Pritchard's doing the 300 mile I've never run 100 miles I think that's definitely on the cards whether it's an official race or I just leave my front door and run until I've reached 100 miles I don't know Uh, you're welcome to to join us in September well I'm going to go and throw eggs at Pritchard instead oh yeah you are any other day I'd be there (laughs) (laughs) and um, on that note let's uh, 
if you'd grace us with your presence again, Sean, let, let's let's bang a show out with Matt. That would be great. Yeah, that would be really good, actually. After cause... he's run his 300, that would be... Um, yeah. We can, uh, yeah, knock some ideas around. That'd be great. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll phone you I'll, when we're there, when I'm there with him. I think, because I think he starts, is it on the 8th he starts? Or was it on the ninth? Yeah, we're doing the ninth and tenth. I think he starts on the eighth, which would be eighth, the that's right. Would yeah. be the so Friday. Gonna, yeah, I might see if I can go down on the eighth. Um, yeah, we'll give you a call when we're there. Yes, brilliant, brilliant. Sean, stay on the line just so I can thank you properly. But could you just give a shout out to people that haven't read your books? Which one would you recommend they read first? And we'll put the link <laughs> to it below. We'll put the link to all of them below. Yeah. Uh, first, oh, I don't know. That's hard one. I guess reading them chronologically makes sense. So the Land's End John Groat Cycle book is first. Then it would be Cycling Around the World, Cycling the Earth. Then Hull and High Water, The Swim. Then, then Running Britain. Then the Big Mile Cycling, which is the Across Europe Cycle record. Um, yeah, that would be the order. Those are the the five adventure ones, and I've written a kids' book as well. It's aimed at ten year old boys. Um, so yeah, not an adult book that one. But do you uh, do the audio books yourself? So only on one because I didn't get the option. I can't know. Swine. Publishers sort of had their own in house people. So it was, yeah, it's a shame. In fact, my cycling the earth. I only found out I had an audio book when someone tweeted me about it, saying, "Oh, we've just listened to your book on audio." I'm like, "What? It's not audible? No way!" <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's a shame. I, 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 so I have read Big Mile Cycling, and there is a potential option. I don't know when my rights run out, where I could re-record two of the others, so Running Britain and Helen High Water. Uh. Oh, actually, and Lands End John O'Groat Cycle. Those are the three that I can potentially re-record, but I've looked into it and Audible sort of, they don't make it that super easy. So, yeah. It's yes, a, yes, I've still it's got... It's a shame, really, because I, I think people want it and, and expect it now. Um, but no, I just didn't have the option, sadly. Yes. Hello High Water's on audiobook, right? I'm guessing they're all on audio. Yeah. yeah it's just, I, I don't read them, which is a shame. Um, yeah. Yeah. Actually it's probably better because I'm terrible at reading out loud. So maybe the, the people who read them probably do a much better job than I would have done. Well, I know what I'm going to listen to next. So, so yeah. there you go. You've, you've, you've made Lovely. what was it? What you've made 13 P or whatever, whatever <laughs> we get paid for our books. <laughs> never very much, but no, Yes, Sean, absolute legend. Like I say, stay on the line just so I can say thank you properly, but can't wait to chat again. Everybody at home, well, there you go. Look, no excuses now, isn't it? I just say run around the block in the morning. Just do that and your life's going to be infinitely better. You don't have to do an Ironman every day, but uh, every journey starts with a with with one step. <laughs> hey, I could be a chinese philosopher <laughs> much love everyone if you could like and subscribe really appreciate it ciao ciao friends thank you for listening to the bought the t-shirt podcast please like subscribe and share and don't forget to follow me on social media username chris thrall instagram chris thank you